Hello, this is Alora Chestikoff from Firebird Summit, and welcome to the current episode of Grow or Die with me and Lawrence Henderson, taking on business, personal development, professional development, and career and leadership topics that come up and trying to see if we can have a great conversation. Each episode is released on a weekly basis, and we welcome you to join us in real time. Find the information on our site. Welcome to the conversation. Well, hi there. Welcome to this week's episode of Grow or Die. I am Laura Chestikoff from Firebird Summit. I got my partner with me. Hey, Lawrence. Hey, 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 hey. It's Lawrence Henderson, boss in the house. Yes, sir. <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing fantastic. How are you, Laura? Uh, well, uh, it's been an interesting week, hasn't it? It definitely has been an interesting week. Well, so, I mean, so because obviously timing is everything at the moment. Today, we're recording this on April 1st, 2020. So it was this weekend when the White House announced that the general um, uh, social distancing recommendations were going to stay in place until the end of April. So we've seen a lot of municipalities uh, step in for shelter at home, um, you know, requests of their, of their populations where governors haven't done it. I mean, some states like California do it wholesale. Uh, Places like Florida are kind of piecemealing their way through it. Um, And so, you know, we've got a lot of people in a lot of different states of work, not work, home, too much together time, too much time at home. Exactly. And so it's a weird, I would have to say that the last time I remember kind of as much free-floating anxiety yeah that i know was probably immediately around 9-11 yeah um it's oddly enough again you you understand i I take everything and put it in its proper perspective uh and and coming from the world that i come from i always come from the place of uh i get three qualifiers is uh is anybody shooting at me is anybody (laughs) is anything blowing up and can I sleep in my bed at night? And, and it, as long as number three is alive and well, that I can sleep in my own bed, then it's all good, right? And, and I understand that's not everybody's take on it, which is why I want to navigate a certain topic today. All righty, well then let's get to it. We are back to our <laughs> mystery box and yeah. this week is Lawrence's turn. So hit yes. me with it. So you've inspired this topic. Uh, along with some other friends and and, uh, dear people to me, um, is how do you activate perseverance in this environment? Hmm. Wow, what a question. Um, So I think this is where I am profoundly grateful for all of... I, I don't know that everybody understands necessarily. When you go through training to become a coach, mm-hmm. they make you eat your own dog food. Like you, yeah, you've got to go through everything, right? I mean, they don't, they don't ask or they don't try to train you to do something with your clients that they haven't had you do yourself. Exactly. And so um, I have to say the last couple of weeks, I've been very grateful for all of that because one of the things that I know I'm watching for myself is how, how am I managing myself Mm-hmm. This time versus the 2008, 
um, recession where I was also in a fairly similar situation in a lot of ways. Um, and noticing, noticing the things that I'm handling a little bit better, noticing where my stressors are, getting a little bit clearer on some of that stuff has been very much, um, very much a function of knowing how to walk myself through that yeah. way because I was trained to walk clients through that. Right. For sure. And so, so it's been, that's been really helpful. But when it comes to specifically activating my own resilience, I think the thing that I have maybe more patience for, and I think it's also probably a function of age is that, um, I have to, I have to listen more. Um, and I have to listen to myself more, you know, as a really super action oriented, goal focused, driven person, I have spent many, 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 many years ignoring all the noise and the noise could have been my family. It could have been my health. Yeah. It could have been all kinds of things that needed to be listened to, but I just got in the habit of chasing what I was chasing and not listening and not stopping wow. to check in. And I think for me, this time is what's different this time is that I have stopped for a more, this is most importantly probably is I've stopped pretending that that doesn't matter. When I was younger, right. Reminded me of your story when you were uh, getting out of the, getting out of the army, right. You were just like, you were the shit. Exactly. You didn't need anybody's like, screw that dude. I can do what I'm going to do. And it's like, it's all on me and I can, I can handle it. Just bring yeah. it on. I mean, Pat Benatar's song, you know, uh, hit me with one shot is like one of my favorites. And I was listening to it the other night thinking, dude, this is not a good song. <laughs> 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 you know? and, and I, you know, but I used to like, that was like one of my, like, you know, go to like, get me up motivated songs was like, no, come on, bring it, bring it on. Yeah. I'll take it. And then I'm going to get up and then I'm going to hit you back. Yeah. And so this time to be able to stop and say, you know what? Okay, I wouldn't mind if you stopped hitting. <laughs> um, I'm not necessarily feeling the overwhelming urge to hit back. <laughs> yeah. But now I just need to listen more. And I think wow. the things that have made that um, more valuable to me is that it's made me way more open to people who want to help. And and even if you know, even if there's not anything they can do you know, that's super tactical, but like, I just got off a call with a friend who, uh, I, I posted this on Instagram a little while ago. He sent me a meme and it said, introverts, go check on your extroverted friends. They don't know what to do right now. Yeah. And uh, he's a complete introvert. I'm a total extrovert. And, um, and so we got, you know, we were on the phone and, and we were on a zoom and talking and, and it was, it was just enough to know that, you know, he was, he was thinking about me. We got the sure. chance to talk and, you know, he told me what was going on with his family and, and it just, just being able to, to have that moment was yeah. super, super valuable. You know, my boyfriend, my dad, my grandmother, you know, my friends to be able to, to say, yeah, I'm kind of freaked out. And as we've talked about before, you know, mm -hmm. for me, the challenge isn't as much that I have an immediate, you know, I know people, especially people with compromised immune systems are very concerned about the potential health Implications yeah. of, of getting um, getting COVID nineteen. For me, the concern is far more long term economic. You know, and all of my yeah. clients historically, I've spent twenty years in retail and hospitality and travel. So, like, yeah. none of my clients, none of my network, anybody 
nobody's working and nobody's, you know, nobody's paying bills for outstanding invoices. I mean, everything is shut down. And a lot of the businesses that I know and I have worked with and I've built my business on are not going to be in business anymore. And so for me, that's been a really terrifying part. And I think the, the resilience that I'm feeling in myself now that I did not feel in 2009 um, was the ability to stop, breathe. Okay, am I, am I in my own head? Am I freaking myself out? Am I making it worse? Have I asked somebody for help? Have I, you know, one of the, one of the worst things, and this is hilarious because it's, I, I, it comes up a lot, is that I never cry. I am not a crier. And I've had long-term serious relationships with people who never once ever saw me cry. And uh, so for me to cry is a major, kind of a major, like, you know, stop yeah. the presses kind of event. And yeah. it's mostly because, um, and again, it's one of those things that Brene Brown's work is really helpful for me on was that I was really good at numbing. I was so good. I stayed busy. I stayed focused. I'd move on to the next thing. I always had another goal and I always had something I was going to chase. So I would never allow myself to just stop and feel what I was feeling and then yeah. acknowledge what I was feeling exactly. and much less, dear God, never ask for help. And so I am so insanely grateful for the coaching training right now yeah. because it's made me a convert about why it's important to do that, yep. why it's important to ask for and then accept help because it's not just enough to do one or the other. You have to do both. There you go. There you go. Um, and it's much easier to be resilient on any front when you don't feel like you're carrying the weight of the world by yourself. Yeah. Wow. You, you unpacked, we could, we could stop the podcast right now. Like, <laughs> I mean, like it was worth, that was worth the price of admission because you, you demonstrated and how do you, how do you activate resilience is what, and I'm reading uh, one of Brene's Brown's other books where she talks about digging deep and, and dig as an acronym of, of are you being deliberate with the actions you're, you're taking? Are you being inspired by what you're doing? And then are you actually moving your feet and going after something, right? And, and I think we, there's an evaluation and there's a check-in and you, what's so powerful about the check-in is everybody is experiencing this together but they're experiencing it based on where they are and again you mentioned finances some people aren't healthy emotionally right and they were already having a difficult time and then you got thrust into the, a seemingly more difficult situation and so now you're having to deal with this thing on top of the other stuff right and i think what's powerful about resiliency is again it's not a matter of whether you can can get knocked down a bunch of times and get back up it's it's the matter it's how you move forward and i think that's what resiliency is all about is how do i move forward in spite of this stuff factual information yes financial difficulty millions of americans millions not 20 millions of americans are experiencing this very real thing that uh, Alora, you just eloquently just spelled out, but it takes a village to navigate this thing together. Like, I think one of the most beautiful things that I've seen on social media, along with the other, the, you know, the normal crazies are out there is 
just a beautiful post that, that you post about communicating, check on your extrovert friends, right? And, and I love growth, right? The coaching, we talk about the coaching journey. The coaching journey turned me, a strong ESTJ guy, into a ENFJ, teetering on JP guy. Now, because of coaching and the self-check and the awareness that I had to build over these last two plus years of being on this coaching journey with you and some of our other peers. Um, but I think for us in building resiliency is, it's a matter of giving just, and I love your word grace, right? Give, giving yourself some grace and, and allowing yourself and telling yourself it's okay to not be okay. But the power is who else are you connecting with? But so they're aware, right? And, and they have permission to tell you to take, you, you can take your mask off with me, right? You can cry with me and then not hold people hostage to that later on. Yeah. So that, I, I love, I love that. And your point about grace, I think is, you know, it's so funny because as, as a 98% atheist talking to a preacher's kid, <laughs> part of the reason I like the word grace is because it spans both of our it, it works yes. across both of our worlds, right? I mean, you you come from a far more organized religious, mm. you know, paradigm than I do, and yet, and and I also come from a mixed household, right? My dad was Russian Orthodox. I went to Catholic school. My stepmother's, you know, Catholic. My mother was Presbyterian. So like, it was just a muddled hodgepodge. Yeah. Um, and so, for me, what works about grace and thinking about it in terms of grace is that you can, I think you can interpret grace as something from the outside or it can be something internal mm -hmm. and it can go back and forth. For sure. I think when you can operate and give and receive it, um, you can find a lot more opportunity to connect. No. And so for me, it's, it's, a great way to think about what's really important right now because in it comes patience and lack of judgment and you know to your point right one of the hardest things for you know somebody who's very used to always being in control to deal with about the idea of crying in front of other people is that they're never gonna forget that I cried in front of them and exactly. oh my god it's gonna and the thing is it's like no, actually, it just kind of makes you human. And <laughs> you know, I was on, I was on, again, I was on a Zoom call with a very introverted, very close friend of mine um, yesterday. And my boyfriend came home and, and before, as he was walking in the room, he, uh, I, before I could see him, I could see a bouquet of flowers that he brought me. And there was bright flowers. And she was watching my face. She couldn't see him because he was behind the computer screen. And um, she goes, what is going on? And, uh, and I'm like, oh my God. And he comes in and he hands them to me and he goes, I got the brightest bouquet I could find just to make you smile. And of course, like, then I start crying, which is, and she's like, oh my God, you are really in a very emotionally open place right now. Like, this is yeah. unbelievable. This is so awesome. You know, and it's been, and for me, I think that's been the weirdest juxtaposition about, yeah. about that at this time, you know, I mean, again, it's a new relationship. So I'm still in like that, like giddy honeymoon stage kind of, yeah, you know, yeah. but, but the, but it's this interesting view of this contrasting perspective, right? It's not yeah. what, 
is that what we thought the first, you know, several weeks of our relationship were going to, or several months of our relationship were going to be when we first started dating in February. But like it, all of a sudden it's like, okay, well now we're just thrust in like the deep end of the pool together and watching both of us grant each other some grace and ourselves. Um, But also being able to check in, you know, can he, he's checked in with me a number of times, which reminds me to check in. I think that's maybe one of those things that as a traditional single person loner, I didn't fully appreciate the value of that is yeah. that when he checks in when he'll, he'll, he'll look at me and he'll, he'll say something like, hmm, you look worried or, you know, you got making scrunchy face here. What, you know, what's, what's on your mind. And I don't necessarily, I'm not necessarily conscious of the fact that I'm doing that. And then yeah. I have to stop and ask myself, what am I doing? Where? And it's so, it's so hard to do that. So I am an ENTJ and I am a hardcore ENTJ of, and, and ENTJs are notorious for not paying attention to their feelings, right? We're just like, whatever feelings are for other people, yep. we're just plow ahead. And yep. so trying to, to really recalibrate that for myself is it's a constant effort, but it's been so helpful to have somebody else look at me and say, what's with the look? Yeah. On? Um, because it forces me back to, what is going on? Okay. Yeah. Where, where's my anxiety coming from right now? What am I, what am I mentally chewing on that I can't let go of? Or am I grinding my teeth? Like, you know, like just normal little stuff that exactly those of us who live in our heads a lot, I think for don't, it takes us a, a while to learn to pay attention to. So what I am beginning to appreciate about what this time is granting all of us is something that I think a lot of people, uh, older managers, directors, leaders took for granted uh, was being able to know the signals and signs of your your people. Yeah. And by, and I, and I love a post that I saw about, you know, how leaders should check in. Mm-hmm. Check in on the heart, before the head and the tasks, right? Like, yes, the task and yeah, you know they had to do stuff while they were at home working, but check check on the heart, check on how they're doing because they don't wanna talk about the work stuff if the heart's not right. right. And the heart affects the head and it affects everything. They It ends up just verbal vomit coming out of their mouths when all of this stuff is happening for people and, and for the, for this new age professional who's coming up, who everything's on that noodle together, you ask them how, how the project's going, they might lead with the dog died. Yep. And they can't go to the vet because of social distancing and they had to bury the dog in the backyard and that's the reason why the project's late. And like, they start there where you're like, ah, I wasn't ready, I wasn't ready, I wasn't ready. Call me back when you're okay. Right. And that's that's today's leaders like we didn't teach them. And again, that's why, again, I call so what was called soft skills. I call those hard skills now. And I, and I believe it is making leaders and organizations start at those skills of being perceptive, being intuitive around how are our people doing? Because let's be clear, organizations will open back up. Mm-hmm. And will you be better because of this? Or will you be further apart 
and you need to go down to your recruiting department and your talent acquisition managers and directors and leads and have a conversation because expect people to quit you. Yep. They're not going to quit while they're at home. They're not going to. Certainly not. Certainly not. Not. They're, well, they're not, not going to quit. Sure what's and you, and you might. You might get six months. Mm -hmm. Might get six because again they're talking about it may happen again in the fall, mm -hmm. right? Like so you you might get six months to a year of people standing your organizations, but now is the time that we need to capitalize on really building strong people in our organizations and starting with the heart before you start with the head and all the rest of that stuff. And I appreciate you because one thing that I love from leaders and, and again, hit my head and got all kind of little knots is leaders model what right looks like. And well, you, they, mod they model something, whether or not it's what well, right looks like. Good, good, bad, and different, right? Right. But, but you modeled vulnerability, which is strength, which is courage, right? And you are the first coach client that anybody sees that you want to be your client. And they look at your health. They look at how authentic you are with where you are. And they buy that. Yeah. They don't buy how well, how well you talk. All right? And I always say, I'm my first client. Mm -hmm. And I have to coach me well before I can even imagine about asking anybody else impactful and meaningful questions. And, and uh, so, so what, do you, what do you do? How do you check in? Because uh, people need to know how to do that. Okay, so um, <clears throat> there are a couple of specific things that I do, um, and it varies by both the day and the time of day. So the first one is I'm a morning person, not a night owl. Um, now, having said that, like my boyfriend, he's a night owl. So it would be very easy for me to just start staying up later and later with him and then sleeping in in the morning, but like I, I know what happens when I do that. You know, as an extrovert who's had to work from home for a very long time and who hated it for ages, um, I, it took a lot of practice for me to understand how important um, my basic state of mind is mm -hmm. and how delicate it is and it's balanced on my schedule and my routine. And I'm not a very routine-oriented person generally, but the truth is without some basic routine, I really set myself up for a lot of just disaster and downward spiral and very self-destructive habits. So the first one is I have to go to bed at a reasonable time. I'm not going to stay up all night on social media or binge watching Netflix. You know, my normal bedtime is 10, 30, 11. I go to bed at 10, 30, 11, period. And then I get up in the morning, you know, it's by, by seven o'clock, no matter what. And I'm up and out of bed, even if I don't quote unquote have anything to do, I have to do that. Um, outside of that, um, I do, I have been meditating a lot the last three years and that part, I think I am, might be the one thing I am the most grateful that I have been gradually incorporating into my life because when you first start, and I know a lot of people are probably trying to just start now, it's hard. I mean, it is, yeah. it's tough to sit there and to stay focused and to stay present. And I still only manage it maybe 50% of the time. And I've been meditating for three years now. But what that has also allowed me is to be able to watch reactions, including my own, a little bit more dispassionately as they come up. 
Um, and that takes time and it takes practice. So meditating has been super, super helpful, but you know, like I watch when people start getting on each other's nerves, right? And you know how, how as a third party, you can kind of watch the escalation and you're like, exactly. whoa, this thing has gone off the tracks and like, yep. but it's, it's much easier for me to spot those things earlier now because of that, because I can kind of step back and, and watch that. Um, I'm still slower about recognizing it in myself, but I am better able to do it. When I remember if something happens that either specifically calls it out for me or, you know, Patrick says, Hey, what's with the face? Um, you know, I can stop and be like, Hmm, what am I, what am I feeling? And then that's the other part of it is that, am I feeling something specific in my body? And Brene Brown talks about this a lot. And again, especially as someone who's spent her whole life, like just living in her head, paying attention to my body yeah. and my back hurts. Or I am, I, one of the things I never knew about myself until the last few years, I hold my breath when I'm stressed Whoa. and I will catch myself holding my breath. And I never knew that I did that when I was feeling pressured until the last couple of years. And so wow. really catching myself now. So, so I'm more becoming more aware of that means I can catch it. And the truth is once you start holding your breath, the, all the higher cognitive functions in your brain start voluntarily shutting down because of a lack of oxygen. You're exactly. actually making everything worse. I mean, you guys in the military, they teach you to breathe. Yeah, breathe. Always. You have to breathe. And Always. so it's stuff like that, that I, I never noticed that I was doing that. Grinding my teeth is another thing. I'll, I'll get stressed and I'll start grinding my teeth. The next thing I know, I've given myself a headache. What's happening? Wow. So paying attention to my body has been so, so much more valuable. And again, that wasn't something I did in the 2009 recession when I was scraping together client work for my first company. Like it was not I didn't know how to do that. And I didn't know how to, how to manage it once I recognized I was doing it. Yeah. So those kinds of things are super, super, super helpful. The other thing, honestly, and this one is the one that varies by day. Cause I don't do it every day is getting out of the house and going for a run. Um, I tried it. I, I was supposed to actually do a 5k in two weeks. And so I had been back on a training schedule to, to do it. Obviously that's not happening now. Um, and I, over the last two weeks ish, I've really let my training schedule kind of collapse on itself. Mm -hmm. um, but the truth is, if I don't go out and run and get that out and get my adrenaline going, all I'm going to do is stay here and either eat or drink. And so those are the other two things. Those are my two comfort go-tos, food yeah. and alcohol. And those are so easy to fall into. And, you know, I, and I don't try to be super prescriptive and hard and fast with myself most of the time, but can also tell when, all right, that's, that's enough. <laughs> that's enough. And so I think, I think all of those things in combination, you know, you have to watch stuff, but you know, when I realized that, Oh God, I have a headache at seven o'clock in the morning. Hmm. Wow. Did I really kill that whole bottle of wine last night by myself? Yeah. What do you know? There's a reason I had a headache this morning. So guess what? Get your ass out of bed and go for a run. Um, you know, and so some of that stuff is just, again, age, <laughs> some of it's, you know, having gone through the, the coaching training and, and again, the meditation thing I think has been super, super helpful for me because it's really made me pay attention to how I'm feeling and how I'm, how I'm feeling emotionally and how I'm feeling physically, which is not, those are two things I never used to pay any attention to. Like yeah. I had no idea what empathy 
for myself in those regards, much less even basic awareness. And so those things are all super important. And then the other piece comes back to grace, right? It's that, you know what, some, some days, you know, so like one of my, one of the things I've been talking about is, you know, I've just moved into a nice apartment in Miami. I have a lease that right now is presenting me with some anxiety. And so, you know, I, I realized on Monday I needed to reach out to my landlord so we could start a conversation. Um, and it was twofold, right? It was one part of it was my ego. It was, I don't want to be someone who has to go to my landlord and say, Hey, can we talk? I need us to figure out, can, can we work on a plan here? Cause I am not going to have what you are expecting of me in rent in the time that you are normally expecting to get it. Um, and so part of me was a big ego issue, right? I spent all last week not reaching out to my, my landlord because I didn't want to be that person. And I was scrambling and I was trying to come up with different. And finally, I was just like, oh God, I have no choice. I have to do it. But the thing was, the moment I did it, I was able to release my expectation of myself, grant myself a little bit of grace. And then I got back the most gracious response from them that like, I, made me feel a thousand times better and the moment that immediate pressure came off, I realized how much that of a distraction I had, I had let that be because it was just taking off all wow. my headspace. I wasn't getting other things done. You, you, yeah. you, you and I have all these different projects that we're working on. Yeah. I couldn't focus. I couldn't get anything done because I was feeling way too much stress and anxiety yeah. around, oh my God, it's time to pay my rent. What the hell am I going to do? And oh my God. And, um, and so I think that's the other thing that I think is also super important about about activating resiliency is mm -hmm. that things that historically might not have bothered you might be bothering you now. You can't yeah. rely on what you used to know or who you used to be because these are a different set of circumstances that are going to bring out different things. And you have to be open to the fact that, well, hell, that it's, you know, I, I kind of liken it to a, a, um, a, a bee allergy, right? You can get stung by bees your whole life. Fine. No, no problem. And then all of a sudden, one day you get stung by a bee and you have some massive, and it's just because your body has just hit a point where it's just not okay with that anymore. And I think there's a lot about what we're experiencing now on a personal business and, you know, macro levels that can have that effect. There could be things that historically have never been a big deal or that by themselves, like you were saying, right? Somebody who might, might already be struggling with kind of their, their headspace, factoring mm -hmm the economic implications as well. And now all of a sudden that just feels like too much. So I think sort of that, that ongoing curiosity about, okay, why am I reacting the way that I'm reacting and what, what is actually under it? You know, I didn't just, I just, you know, bit my kid's head off. Like, is there a reason I did that? Or, exactly. you know, I mean, there's something under that. And so I think that's the last piece is that you, and it's, it, again, it comes back to grace. You have to be okay allowing yourself to be different this crisis than the last crisis you were in, exactly. whatever the hell that was. Yeah, no, I, I think I've picked a good topic for today. Well, I think right now this is a topic <laughs> that's useful for a lot of people, which I, I knew you'd pick one that would be. Yeah. So, yeah. but, so, okay, so in wrapping up, what is like for, for you, like, you know, yeah. you, you were in a, an interesting place too, right? You were just, yeah. you just, you know, left your full-time yeah. employment, you're getting your, your business really. For sure. Sure. running so from your and you know you have a wife who can't go to work either so she's yeah. trying to do her job from you know from home so what's how do you activate resiliency right um 
I activated via creativity. Um, and I, and I say, uh, I did a, I did a post the other day about what if what's next was right in front of you. And, and so with all of us being made to be still, what's around you, what's in front of you, what are you capable of today versus what were you trying to pursue? And, and I think that in and of itself, and, and again, activating grace um, in this season as a new entrepreneur full time is what did I want to start doing that going to all these coffees and all this, all these morning meetings and all this other stuff, because real business people have meetings in the morning. Um, and, and now that none of that is an option for me, what am I feeling that time with? And it's, it's birthed the most creative things around me posting, me doing more videos, um, podcasting, um, and coming up with so many topics. And what's happened is this beautiful thing of now not only is connecting the dots rolling out into, you know, a four week thing, but I have other people reaching out to me to do virtual speaking opportunities and conferences. And, but it was birthed out of being present before it was needed. And, and people are reaching out to me. And I think that's, that's a, a, a statement in and of itself in this new season is that if you're not creating and being creative and using your God-given gifts and talents or whatever you believe you got your stuff from, your education and what, this is time to launch and to prep. And one of the things that I wanted to point out for you is you gave yourself reps. You practiced you build resiliency through giving yourself the reps and getting in the game. If you're just sitting and you're sulking and you're seething over what's not happening or why you can't go this place or that place, then you are robbing yourself of the opportunity to try something. And then maybe some people call it failure. I just say either you're winning or you're learning how to win. And, and, and you're preventing yourself from creating those opportunities to find small wins in just living through this. And, and again, being creative, being intentional about how you're moving. Because again, there's no just haphazard living and just throwing caution to the wind. Now, like you can't throw caution to anybody's wind unless you're out running by yourself and staying six feet away. Like, <laughs> like, that, like there's no, there's, so in this time, how I've really been doing it, is I've been being intentional, but the grace and, and one thing that I would tell you that's wasn't always on my agenda is I use my mornings for self-care, whether it's reading, meditating, exercising. Literally, I give myself up to 10, up to 10 a.m. Okay. And I am not apologizing about it. Well, so I love that because so for me, for me, first thing in the morning is when my brain is at its best. So for me, yeah. that's actually my production time. So if I yeah. need to create something or write something or do something, mm -hmm. like from first thing in the morning, that first cup of coffee until I kind of will clean into about lunchtime. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's why I was kind of laughing when you said, you know, business people have breakfast meetings that, that are, you know, meet for coffee. Like for me, all that has to happen in the afternoon because yeah. that's when that's when I can kind of start climbing out of my head and I can get re-engaged with other people. But again, this to me, this comes back to part of what I was talking about in terms of like a schedule and understanding yeah. what you need. 
And again, it's, there's a certain amount of it that comes with age, right? You learn, are you a night person? Are you a morning person? You know, do you, do you do better if you have a big breakfast and then start working or are you better if you just go straight into coffee and dive in? Like, what does that look like for you? And how do you manage your own energy? And it is partially listening to your body. It's, you know, it's, do I want music when I do this or do I not? Like, there's so many things that we can do. And, um, you know, I think my, my, most valuable lesson probably of my life, but definitely that's become super clear to me in the last couple of years is that every single day we have the opportunity to make a thousand tiny little choices and we can be in pursuit of one big honking BHAG that we're going after. But at the end of the day, it's the tiny little choices it's, do I meditate? Am I breathing? Am I drinking yeah. enough water? Did, like it's, it's stuff that sounds dumb and stuff that sounds inconsequential and like it shouldn't matter, but especially as it accumulates, oh my God, when you can get to bed at the end of the night and go to bed thinking, I feel good about how I showed up today for the things that I could do. There you go your ability to sleep through the night, get a decent night's sleep, and then get up the next morning and start over is 10 times better than if you get to the end of the night and you're thinking, oh my God, I didn't take care of this. And I didn't take care of that. Oh my God. And, 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 and then I ate a whole bag of Doritos for dinner and Jesus, I shouldn't have had like that, you know, God, I didn't ever get to, got to go to for a run. Like it, getting super focused on the yeah. little things that you can do that matter. That to me is, that might be one of the best things I think that I hope comes out of this for a lot of people, right? There are so many things that I look at kind of what we're going through. And I think, you know, at a, at a national and an international level, I hope, you know, some of these things happen, you know, at a, at a more business person level to your point earlier, I hope I used to have so many conversations trying to explain why employee engagement matters to people. I hope that when this is all over, those conversations can just stop because it's crazy. And I think right now what we're seeing about how emotionally charged people are and the obstacles that presents to work, to mm-hmm. me, this has been the greatest commercial for why employee engagement matters I could have ever hoped to ask for. Exactly. So for me, I hope that I have to, I don't have to continue to convince managers and directors and VPs anymore that it does matter. But yeah. on a personal level, for me, the thing that I think is, would be a really amazing gift out of all of this is that if we could all slow down enough to look at the little things. I love it. I love it. I love it. That that was it right there. You just, you just hammered this one home. Well, that was so awesome. At the end of the day, you know, it's so so easy to get distracted by stuff that doesn't matter. Oh. So let's focus Boom. on what does. So on that note, I'll say love it. Uh, We'll, we'll wrap, but we have our first of the Connecting the Dots events. Yes, this ma'am. Friday, do your thing. <laughs> so this Friday, Connecting the Dots, uh, this awesome free event is kicking off with suspending judgment of what's next. And you got some awesome thought leaders kicking off the sessions. Again, they're going to be every Friday in April from 12 to 1 Eastern Standard Time. Register on Eventbrite. The event is Connecting the Dots 2020. And if you need to, some, if it's easier to find, then you can go ahead and go to firebirdsummit.com, click on the events page, scroll down, and you can find it. We've got four events this month, 
every Friday in April, starting at noon each day. We've got different topics and different thought leaders and coaches and business leaders showing up for each of the topics. And uh, we're going to have a great time and a great conversation. So we hope you yes. join us there. Thank you. Thank you, Allure. All righty. Well, thank you, Lawrence. Have a wonderful week. And in the interest of the small things, go tell your wife that you love her. I will. Thank you. All right. Hug, hug on that man of yours. I'm going to. All right. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for joining me and Lawrence in this week's episode of Grow or Die. Tune in next week where we take on our next topic. Have a great week.